Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. Chum rum bedrum. There it is. What was the rest of it? You wrote it on a brush book. your teeth. There it is. Itch between your eyeballs and clench your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Chum rum bedrum. I, I have my mom's bank card. Why? That's not a bank card. It's a Mastercard. My mom's Mastercard. It's a credit card. Do you want to go yes. shopping? Online shopping. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you want? What we'll do you shop- want to go and get? Um, what I normally buy online: kids' clothes. <laughs> um. Hi, Darla. Hi, Kez. Welcome back. Thank you. I live here. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> welcome back, listeners. How was your last few days? I had when did, we saw each other lots this week, didn't we? We hung out. We we, we movie marathoned. Yeah. Wait, what did we watch? Oh, we watched in The Deep House. The, yeah, The Deep House. That was I liked it. It was re- it was spooky. It was intense. If you enjoy scuba diving, probably don't watch it. Mhm. Mhm. I'll probably never step foot in the ocean in general ever <laughs> again. Um basically there is this uh underground or underwater old haunted city house. it's like a yeah like a city that was underwater now and these the scuba diver guy that wants to like make it big on youtube live streams himself and his girlfriend diving into this old house that's deep underwater and then they get inside and then some shit happens not good shit no nothing good happens all bad things all bad things escalate it's really creepy mm-hmm. but uh, i give it, it a thumb and a half up a thumb and a half out of how many thumbs? A thumb and a three quarters thumb. Out of how two? many? I don't know. Two? How many thumbs do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're combining our thumbs. That's... Okay, out of ten? I'd give it like an eight and a half. 8.75. <laughs> Very specific. Okay, and what else did we watch? We watched... Um... Oh, we watched the TV show um, Limetown. Yes, we watched the Limetown. The series. Yeah. yeah, we're only... Two episodes in, but so far so good. It's all right. I like it. Yeah. And interested. We watched Midsummer. Oh fuck, that's the other one. Ah, that's I a hard one. I feel a lot of things about that. Yeah. I feel really. Oh, that was hard to watch. It was like icky, disturbing, and, uh, disturbing, uncomfortable. There's parts of that movie that suddenly flash into my brain just on a regular day now, and like interrupt my day and it's all bad oh i don't like that <laughs> no because i think yeah it was pretty it's hard to forget some of those scenes yeah they're very disturbing and um and graphic yeah graphic realistic it's a really weird storyline too 
Was it really long as well? It was long. I think I, we watched we it had, in two parts. We, yeah, because we're old. <laughs> we fall asleep. You fell asleep. I fell then. asleep. Anyways, um, it's still worth the watch. So I'd give it. I'd give a it seven point five. Seven. That's really close to seven point five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not quite. I'd give it a seven point zero five. Ooh. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, this is Radio Face Stories. The podcast. Where we tell you stories that Are might help you sleep. Probably won't help or you sleep. Or maybe they won't. They shouldn't. That's up to you. I mean, you could think about our voices and maybe fall asleep. Absolutely. I think that happens <laughs> to people. If that happens to you, do not listen to us while you drive. Okay, Darla. Hmm. Remember this song? Oh. I do, but I don't like it. Makes my neck feel weird. <laughs> what? Like, Why? I don't know, like a ripple. You say <sighs> <laughs> Terrible. Okay. Terrible. I'm going to play this song and tell me what it reminds you of. Okay. Like grade seven? Remember, do you know who it is? Meredith Brooks? Cheryl Crow. Shit. I was thinking about, what, what does it remind you of? Okay, it reminds me of when we used to go to karate. Oh, okay. it reminds I was going to say younger, like grade six. Even. Of your dad <laughs> driving us to karate. I feel like there was always like Tom Petty playing or that song. But Cheryl Crow should not remind you of my dad. It just reminds me of driving to karate with your dad. That's awesome. And do you remember we'd always go get Slurpees after? Yes, and we used to play, like, person, place, or thing. And, like, <laughs> I remember Darren, we were thinking of a person, and Darren guessed, asked one of the, for a clue, his question was, are they eyebrowish? Like, is the person eyebrowish? <laughs> and I remember my dad laughing, and me one like, does that mean do they have big eyebrows? Like, he was pretty young. But I, I remember that's that a really interesting specific question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me and Darla went to karate together, so don't mess with don't us. Don't mess with us. Okay. <laughs> what belt did you make it to? Yellow. Is that like the third one? I don't know. Not even maybe. Maybe the third. I had white, yellow, and red. White, red, and yellow. So you made three belts. I think I got to purple. That's pretty far, isn't Just it? Just one before black. But I remember. <laughs> I remember the um, the teacher, instructor, mm-hmm. he would always, like, correct my hand. Like, I'd have it, st- you know, you, like, hold a position. Mm. And he'd always, like, move it, like, either an inch to the left or the right. And it irritated me because his hands were always really chapped. Oh. And all I could think about was, why are you touching my hand he shouldn't with have your chapped your hand. hands? <laughs> Oh, that, that was the, a good time. The sensei, like the gray-haired dude, the big tall guy. No, that was that guy, guy was cool. It was, was the guy younger the guy, nose? the dad. There was a guy with like a flat nose. He had dark hair. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't have to say. And you remember, you remember the ginger kid that was like, he was like the star karate kid. I don't remember him at all. He was like an overachiever. You know those kids that just like they just want to be the teacher's pet, right? He is now the sensei of that karate club. It's still around? I think, How yeah. do you even know this? I can't remember. Somebody told me. That's, like, it used to be at that 
French immersion school. What, where mm. is it now? It's the same place. They uh, still go there? I'm not sure. Fuck, that's but weird. But I had, I had been given information. Insider info. That that kid became the sensei. Well, that's not surprising in any way. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just is. remember doing knuckle push-ups and then my knuckles like bleeding. Remember having to do knuckle push-ups oh. on the gym floor? Like if anybody talked or moved out of turn or whatever, we knuckle all had to do fucking knuckle push-ups. Oh, that's harsh. And they'd like bruise. It made us strong. It made the me the str- woman I am today. Strong woman that we are. <laughs> Good old karate. Yeah. Um, there's one more song I wanted to play because I used to love it so much. Okay. I like this song. This this is a song that I secretly liked and would never admit it back in the day. Same. We're gonna get to the she was a girl. Just reminds me of life was so much simpler. You know what? I listen to all that old music we still listen to on a regular basis now because it just makes me feel really happy. Like the emo punk kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it does remind me yeah. of a simpler time when we were just young and free and <laughs> there was no worries in the world. Well, it was just less responsibility, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Life seemed... Easier. It was all good. It was all good. Okay. I got a cool... St- well, no. Take that back. It's not a cool story. But I did want to share this on the podcast at some point. Um, so it's basically like a true crime story that involves my family. So when I was a, ki- a baby, I think Darren was just born. So he would have been like, yeah, maybe one. Um, so I would have been three ish my and my brother and Byron would have been four I don't know around there in 86 so very little very little we were living in South Africa in a town called Secunda and my parents neighbors their kid had said he could babysit for my parents have I told you this story um and so eventually they took him up on the offer so he babysat us And I was just asking my parents about it tonight to get more details. But the next day, I think it was the next day, he had gone to his teacher's house and shot and killed him, his teacher, with a friend, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. So my parents had seen, like, the police cars outside of their house, and they're like, what was going on? Um, And then... They don't really remember because it was so long ago, but my mom said something about um, the kid had recorded himself talking over a tape that they had at their house, and he was, like, cocking his gun. At home, like? Like, at his house he was recording At our house. the hell? What? Like, over top of a tape. My mom said he brought the gun to our house and was recorded himself talking over this tape, and you could hear him, like, cocking the gun. And I was like, what did he say? And she's like, I don't remember. But they just have, like, vague details. So when he was babysitting you three, he had a gun with him as well. Apparently. What the hell? And, yeah, so they don't know exactly why he did it. But my dad said there was, like, speculation that um, he had, him and his friend had gone over to the teacher's house for, like, extra, like, tutoring. And there might have been some, like, sexual abuse that happened or something. Oh, okay. So I think that might have been the motive, but um, they don't really remember the details and 
and all that stuff. But were you able to? Did you ever look to see if you could find any? I searched far and wide. Nothing. Hey? Nothing. Because my dad said it probably would have been in the local paper, but right. because it was so long ago, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a small town. I wonder what happened to him in the end. It's really hard to find. Yeah, me too. But so crazy. It is. That's that's pretty close to home for you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any memory of that, probably. No, yeah. none at all. And Byron either. No, because he, yeah, he would have been three. That's three nuts. So, but yeah, they were pre- they were pretty shocked. I mean, yeah, I, imagine having. Did they ever someone... let anybody babysit you after that? Probably not for a while. <laughs> Probably not for a while. No. Wow. But yeah, he seemed like a good kid. I think he was sixteen or something at Jesus. the time. Um, and I don't know if he babysat us a few times before that incident, or if it was just the one time, but. Pretty crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that one. No worries. Do you have any sharesies? No, I was just thinking, I don't have any cool stories like that. Not that that's a cool story that, like, yeah. you were basically babysat by a murderer. I, <laughs> nothing that exciting's ever happened to me that I can think of. That's okay. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing. <laughs> do you want to do rock, paper, something? Sure. What do you want to, rock, paper? Um, rock, paper, appetizer? <laughs> okay. Okay. Rock, Rock paper, paper, calamari. Ooh. Those are both really good. They are. And chicken wings can sometimes be like hit or miss. Yeah, but so can calamari. I don't know. That's a, I think that's a tie. That's a tie. Okay. Um, Rock, Rock paper, paper, potato Spinach skins. and artichoke dip. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think spinach and artichoke dip beats potato skins. Yes. Um, do you do one more? Yeah, let me just think of something. Um, okay. Rock, paper, jalapeno poppers. Ooh, nachos. Nachos sure. are fucking given. <laughs> you slayed that just game. nailed that, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm the Appy Queen. My story is the unsolved murder of Blair Adams. Okay, wait. Does you, that, is that the rock, paper, scissors for the win for the story? I thought so. Was oh. that too soon? No, no, I just, because I thought that was a game, and then we rock, paper, scissors normally to start Do you want me to beat you again (laughs) in regular? No. Okay. No, I want you to tell your story. Okay, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, Okay. This is the unsolved murder of Blair Adams. Okay. Blair Adams was a 31-year-old Canadian man who, in July 1996, was found dead in a hotel parking lot in Knoxville, Tennessee. Scattered around his body was $4,000 worth of mixed Canadian, American, and German currency. Hmm. Isn't that weird? CIA? It gets weirder. Okay. So he, the man was born uh, Robert Dennis Blair Adams, but he just go, went by Blair. He lived in Surrey, B.C., and he worked as a foreman at a construction company. Mm-hmm. Those who knew him said he had a happy disposition. He was always friendly. He was a hard worker. He loved his job, and he was really good at it. However, things started to change shortly before his death. Adam's mother, I'm going to go by his last name now. His name is Blair, but Adam's is his last name. Okay. Adam's mother, Sandra Edwards, noticed her son suddenly and uncharacteristically had mood swings, these big mood swings. When she confronted him, all he said was, I don't think I should tell you about it. His colleagues also noticed a change in him, and then one day he just up and quit his job without even getting his last paycheck. He told his mother that there were rumors spreading about him and that he feared that someone was going to kill him. 
On July 5th, 1996, he withdrew all of his savings, which was around $6,000, as well as he retrieved his possessions from his um, safety deposit box. So he had jewelry and some gold and platinum, I think it said. So several more thousands of dollars worth of things. Sorry, how old was he? 31. Okay. He drove to Victoria. Well, he told his mom he was going to go visit his um, grandfather who lived in Courtney. But he actually drove to Victoria, and he tried to get to Seattle um, with the, by the ferry. But he was stopped by officials because he looked suspicious. A single man with all that money and possessions was, looks like a drug, a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. He then purchased a plane ticket to Germany. <laughs> but on the day of the flight, he refunded it and rented a car instead and drove to the U.S. not on the island anymore. So he went across the border via car, and he got through that way. Okay. He purchased a one-way ticket uh, to Washington, D.C. once he was in Seattle, and he arrived there on July 10th. He continued on by renting another car and driving to Knoxville, Tennessee, which is like the other side of the United States. Like, that's a major trip. Yeah. Yeah. He went to a hotel, and the employees there reported they noticed him because he was acting very oddly. He was behaving like he was paranoid and nervous and excited and kept looking around like someone was maybe following him. He even went in and out of the lobby five times before he actually like went and asked for a room. He stayed in his room that, that day until about 7.37 at night, and then he left the hotel. It would be the last time that anyone saw him alive. Well, 12 hours later, his dead body was found about half a mile from his hotel. He was he had been severely beaten and possibly run over. He was wow. naked from the waist down and his pants, socks and shoes were laying near his body as long along with his like he had a fanny pack with all of his things and money all around him. So it wasn't a robbery gone wrong or anything like that. Weird. Lieutenant Jimmy Jones of Knox County Sheriff's Department is reported to say his pants were removed in a way not like someone would take their own pants off but in a way that someone else would remove your pants from you. His socks were turned inside out, his shoes were off, and his shirt was ripped off. Autopsy results report he died from a blow to his stomach with a weapon like a club or a crowbar. The blow to the stomach was so hard that it ruptured his internal organs, and he actually died of septic shock. Whoa. Which is why they think maybe that was from maybe maybe a car hit him. He was also hit on the head and had defensive wounds on his hands, and whoever attacked him actually pulled tufts of his hair out. Oh, my God. Sexual assault was also evident. The only clue left by the assailant was a single strand of hair that was wound in Adam's hand. Despite having a DNA profile, no match was found. Decades have passed, and Blair Adams' family is still looking for answers. In 1997, the case was featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And in 2010, an interview with local law enforcement, the Knoxville Police Department, reported never have receiving a credible tip in Adam's death. Clearly, Blair thought his life was in danger. Authorities believed that his threat was imaginary and that Blair's journey was an escape from his own delusions. But either way, he ended up dead, just like he feared. It's important to note that uh, two women saw Adams talking to a man outside of a Cracker Barrel restaurant which was like, I think, right near by the hotel. So there was a composite sketch made of this unidentified man, but police never located him, and they don't even know if he has anything to do with the murder. Mm-hmm. So there is a sketch that kind of goes along with this case, but it's not necessarily the person that did this. They don't even know. No. 
So they ruled out it being a robbery because all of the money and valuables were found. There was no drugs or alcohol in his system. There was no evidence of it being drug-related. They just have absolutely no idea of anything wow. about it. So it's still an unsolved case. That's so bizarre. Yes. And that bugs me yeah. that there's no, there's nothing. Like how, imagine how his family feels. Oh, It's so odd. The whole thing is so it's odd. It's very bizarre. I got my information from unsolved.com, Wikipedia, grunge.com, Reddit, and the podcast called The Trail Went Cold, episode 72. Is there any theories on Reddit? Not a lot of theories, just... No, not a lot. It, everybody's it's just saying how weird of a case it is. It's so bizarre. Was Anytime you... If I, I searched, like, weird cases um, in Canada, his mm-hmm. always pops up. Wow. And they, they check the, the hair for DNA? Yeah, and they still... There's no match. Damn. Yeah. That's so frustrating. And, like, how far he traveled and why. And then yeah. ger- he had German currency. He had, like... There's literally so many questions. (laughs) Yeah. That's what bugs me is there's so much unknown about it. But it's clear, okay, so based on his behavior before all this, which was shortly before, he must have been suffering from some sort of, well, I mean, that's the thing. He's either suffering from some sort of mental illness or some sort of episode, right, Mm -hmm. for him to suddenly behave differently or something actually happened and he was genuinely terrified for his life that resulted him in acting in the way he was right but i suppose we'll never know it's kind of like that story of that lady um that you did um where she started she was getting threats and then she ended up yeah yeah being murdered yeah Yeah. and then there was speculation that she murdered herself and just made it look like except she was like hogtied and everything yeah Yeah, they thought it was suicide yeah that story's frustrating too i know crazy good story hey thanks man thank you okay break time this episode is sponsored by Pi. Now, for the low, low price of $13 billion, you can own the number Pi. <laughs> Use the promo code PIPI for 1% off at checkout. Um, go to eBay to purchase it. I asked a friend or person if they play video games, and they said, We. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. I have a squeaky nostril tonight, so <laughs> it's a, tu- a tuning nostril. <laughs> okay, this is the story of the Richardson family murders. You heard of them? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, in April of 2006, in Medicine Hat, Alberta, three members of the Richardson family were murdered. The murders were planned and executed by the family's 12-year-old daughter, holy shit, Jasmine Richardson, and her 23-year-old boyfriend, Jeremy Steinke. Steinke? Jeremy Stinky. Is he just mad that he has that last name? Yeah, he is. Jasmine Richardson was said to be a bubbly, outgoing, popular girl in school. She had met Jeremy at a punk concert. He was 23. That goddamn punk music. I know. He was 11 years older than her. Ew, gross. And from then on, her behavior changed. Jasmine was instantly taken with a gothic lifestyle. She started wearing dark makeup, which made her look a lot older than she was, and wearing inappropriate clothing. She became a member of the website vampirefreaks.com. Great. 
Hold what on. do you have to do to become a member? <laughs> Just be a freak. Is it still a thing? What was it called? Vampire what? Uh, Vampire Freaks. I looked it up. It's actually um, it's a clo- gothic clothing for weirdos is what it said. But I don't know if this is the same website that it was back then. And her online name was Runaway Devil. Ew. That's the name she used. Jeremy's upbringing wasn't the greatest. His mother was an alcoholic and her partner abused Jeremy. He was bullied at school, and by the time he met Jasmine, he had attempted suicide. From the age of 13, he developed an extensive persona. He wore a vial of blood around his neck. No. And claimed he was a 300-year-old werewolf. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? That's my squeaky nostril. The two fell in love. Jasmine's parents, Mark and Deborah, found out about their relationship. They were monitoring her online, her online activity, and seeing the emails that that they had exchanged, and then they forbid her from seeing him. Yeah, I would do the same. Yes, uh, you would. Fuck. So this upset the two, clearly. (laughs) Um, For a long time, it was believed that Jeremy had come up with the plan to murder her parents, but it was actually Jasmine who came up with the idea. In an email, she writes, It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Jeremy replied with, Well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with, like, details and stuff. Jeremy had a blog as at the time, and he wrote, My lover's rents are totally unfair. They say they really care. They don't know what's going on. They just assume. Their throats I want to slit. Yikes. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. Gross, right? That's fucked. Jasmine had reportedly told her friends about the plans to kill her parents, but they didn't believe her or thought she was joking. The night before the murders, the lovely couple watched the famous movie Natural Born Killers. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. So for those of you that haven't, it's pretty messed up, but it's basically this couple that become serial killers and they go on a killing spree and I think they kill Juliette Lewis is the the girl they kill her dad right or her parents I think so yeah yeah it's been a long time since I've seen that movie so this got them like all fired up (laughs) on April 23rd 2006 at the Richardson home in a quiet residential street Jasmine and Jeremy followed through with their planned massacre two hours later the pair were seen happily eating in a restaurant Jesus. The day following the murder, a friend of Jasmine's eight-year-old brother, Jacob, so she had an eight-year-old brother, his friend, the neighbor, had gone over to their house for a play date when, through the window, he noticed a body covered in blood laying on the floor. He ran to tell his mother, and she called the police. Upon entry to the house, they had discovered the bodies of Mark and Deborah Richardson in the basement and eight-year-old Jacob in his bedroom. The police found that Deborah was killed first after being stabbed at least a dozen times. Mark had fought back with a screwdriver but was stabbed to death as well. Upstairs, in his blood-soaked bed, Jacob had been stabbed and his throat slit open. Why did she have to kill him? 
That seems unnecessary. I know. It's so, so awful. How could you kill your little baby brother? Like, I can <laughs> I can understand being that mad at your parents and <laughs> wanting to kill them. <laughs> but, like, your innocent little brother. He had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Initially, the police thought the attacker had taken Jasmine. So they were worried and they put out a search for her. Later, they recovered evidence in her room and locker. The investigators realized she was the prime suspect. A trail of evidence, mainly consisting of emails between the two, led police to Jasmine and Jeremy, and they were easily tracked down and arrested in Jeremy's truck. Idiots. Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy had killed the parents in the basement while Jasmine had killed her brother. So in one article I read that um, I think she didn't want her brother to be an orphan and to like deal with the murder of her parents, so she decided it was just better if he died as well. Witnesses testified against them, saying the two had admitted to the murders. One witness said Jeremy um, had said the victims had been gutted like a fish. Ew. So they were, like, bragging about this after they did it. In 2007, ja- Jasmine was on trial for three murders. She was only identified as J.R. at the time because of her age and pleaded not guilty. She said it was a hypothetical conversation about killing her family, but she wasn't planning on ever going through with it. Mm -hmm. But sure enough, she was found guilty by the jury for three counts of first-degree murder and given the maximum sentence for a minor, which was six years. Jesus. Six years in prison, followed by four years of supervision in um, in the community. She should be in some sort of home where they are Insane figuring out asylum <laughs> like fixing her brain if they can or yeah she, like that wasn't just a phase there's something very there's wrong something wrong with her 100 yeah. percent. she was 13 at the time of her conviction holy smokes that's really young so young and going from like being a normal teenage kid to like overnight turning into this like gothic psychopath i don't understand how that happens puberty's a bitch <sighs> wow <So> hormones <laughs> i guess no i don't know Because it's pretty drastic. Yeah. That's, no, there's something else happening in there, Mm -hmm. in her her brain. In 2008, Jeremy Stinky was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder. He was 25 at the time. He was... Can you spell his last name? S-T-E-I-N-K-E. Stanky. 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 Yeah, it is. Stanky. I even, like, watched a video to pronounce it properly. it's, like, stanky leg. Yeah. Stanky leg. (laughs) He was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 20 year, 25 years. When asked why he committed the murders, he said, when you find your soulmate, you do anything for them. I did anything. Wrong. That's wrong. Stanky. <laughs> not, not good. You don't murder for them. That's psychopath shit. The two exchanged letters in prison promising to get married, neither expressing any guilt or remorse. Jasmine Richardson underwent extensive rehabilitation and treatment after her conviction. Psychiatric assessments showed that she was diagnosed with conduct disorder, which is a type of behavioral disorder when a child has antisocial behavior and may disregard basic social standards and rules. Hmm. I mean, it kind of just sounds like a bad teenager. Yeah. Right. And oppositional defiant disorder. I've heard of that. Which is also a type of behavioral disorder. Children are uncooperative, defiant, and hostile towards peers, parents, teachers, and other authority figures. They are troubling. But I thought she wasn't an issue before that. Before the incident? Yeah. Well, I guess 
this yeah that that's, that's what she got diagnosed with after what happened so okay i mean i didn't think odd was something uh, that oppositional defiance disorder i didn't think that was something that only shows up in t- like i think you have that from the beginning was my understanding which is why i think i find right. that bizarre so maybe she did have it but then it dating is- this guy kind of brought out the bad in her i don't know that's yeah now jasmine is walking free she was released on parole in 2016 at the age of 23. So I guess she ended up staying in prison for 10 years. Not well, six. it said six and then four in another place. Like, I think she went I into think her rehab and for four. Oh. Like re- rehabilitation center or something. I thought it was something. like just be community service and stuff. If she stayed out of trouble, the murders would be removed from her criminal record in 2020. I feel like that's unacceptable. That's not, Yeah. That's like she gets a, a fresh start. I guess because she was so young. It doesn't change what you did. Like, no. that's always going to be a part of you. Yeah. I don't know. It's messed up to me. She's living in a secret location under a new identity. Whether or not she is in contact with Jeremy is still unknown. Gross. That is the end. That was gross and icky. I didn't like it. I know. <laughs> I didn't like it either. I got my information from allthatisinteresting.com, an article from December 2021. MamaMia.com, an article from April 7th, 2019, MyDailyNews.com, and Wikipedia.com.org. .gov. .gov. What is Wikipedia.org? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, awful, awful. Oh, no, I missed something. Her crime made her a footnote in history. Jasmine Richardson is believed to be the youngest Canadian convicted of multiple murders. Wow. Yeah, I think there's other young murders, but not like triple. Right. Well, she only murdered the boy, but I guess she was she was convicted of all three. Right. Yeah. That's fucked up. I mean, and who knows really how mm-hmm. it all went down? Anyways, really sad story. It is sad. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, for brightening my day <laughs> with your sadness. Should we end on a light note? Yeah, you got something. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> um, I don't. Do you have something? Happy uh, story. Like a dog that found his way home. (laughs) (laughs) Someone, okay, someone, this morning when I went to leave my house, there was a bag with five Slurpees left at my door that had been delivered the night before, obviously left at our house, wasn't, we didn't order them, and I looked back on our our security camera and it was like quarter to ten at night, someone delivered five fucking Slurpees to our house. What? Was it like a skip the dishes order that went to the wrong address? I think so. Weird. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weirder. So I was just leaving to go to the bank. So I, I asked Maya, I said, Maya, I, I put them in the door. I'm like, can you dump these Slurpees out? And so I went to the bank. When I came back, she had dumped them out and then left all the garbage on the counter, as one does. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask her to throw them out. I just said dump it out, I guess. So, so that's she did all what she, she did. Asked. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I made a comment about that. And then she said, I don't know how it came up, but she's like, oh, I tried, a, I tried them. And I said, what do you mean you tried them? Why would you do that? I'm like, which one did you try? She's like, all of them. I'm like, it's gross. They were sitting out o- overnight. We don't know where the, you who don't they're know, from. You don't know what's in them. Well, she's still alive and kicking. So, But I'm like, what a weird decision Whoa. to like look at these melted old Slurpees and be like, I'm just going to sip each one just before I dump them out. Uh, uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's like eating someone's, like in a restaurant, like someone's food scraps. Ew. I feel like, um, like she's so she's so bright and so <laughs> mature and old. And then moments like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, she's twelve because a twelve year old would totally do that. Yeah, 
Yeah. I feel like I would have done that. <laughs> I mean, I used to chew gum from... Kezia, don't finish that sentence. I won't. Um, <laughs> did you get, like, the person that delivered it, did it? they have, like, a skip the dishes There, I looked for a receipt. Something? There was nothing. That's so weird. And none of your neighbors were like, we, um, we got you some Slurpees. No, no one said that. That's really odd. And for that time of night. That's so weird. And the fact that there was five, though, and there's five of us here, like, that's pretty weird. That's pretty coincidental. That is so weird. Yeah. Anyways, that's my weird story of, of the day. That's cool. That's cool. Wiki, wiki, wiki weird. <laughs> now I want a Slurpee. Let's go get Slurpees. Yeah. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.